Welcome to the Trucker's Mind Podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy, Kate Things. And we're back with another episode. Episode 95, mm-hmm. Trying to Stay Alive. Ah, 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 ah. Episode 95, episode 95. Ah, 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 ah. Episode 95. <laughs> All right. Enough of that bullshit. Let's get right into it. Uh, recently, uh, first of all, this is the disclaimer. Uh, me and Keith are doing this episode. We're recording it early. It is Friday. Is the 17th today, right? Yeah. January 17th, Friday. We're doing it early because we have some more. We're going to be on the weekend. So we got to make sure we keep y'all with content. So if there's any huge breaking story that comes out and we don't catch it, it's because we were two days early. We usually uh, record on Sundays, but uh, just shut up and enjoy. All right. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, there was a story recently about the fitness trainer, Julianne Michaels. Um, Jillian Michaels. Jillian Michaels, excuse me. Uh, Jillian Michaels from The Biggest Loser, which she's known from. And uh, she literally makes a living by, uh, you know, helping people who are morbidly obese and obese. So just people just trying to have a better uh, lifestyle, right? That is literally her job as a personal trainer. Mm-hmm. And during a conversation... Um, she mentioned uh, Lizzo's weight. We can plug that in right here. Why are we celebrating her body? Why does it matter? That's what I'm saying. Like, why aren't we celebrating her music? Because it isn't going to be awesome if she gets diabetes. Well, I want to ask you. I'm just being honest. Like, I love her music. Like, my kid loves her music. But there's never a moment where I'm like, and I'm so glad that she's uh, uh, overweight. Like, why do we, why do I even care? Why is it my job to care about her weight? All right. So what you get from that conversation is basically, you know, she said, why are we celebrating her body? Why can't we celebrate her music? Because it's not going to be funny. You know, she gets diabetes and people took that and ran with it. They were extremely offended. But we have, we have to stop denying what reality is. Reality is, is that. If you are obese in any capacity, you do increase the risk of diabetes. You do increase the risk of hypertension and high blood pressure and all these things, right? And I think that the problem with society is we try to normalize things that are not healthy for us. Lizzo might be an awesome person, but honestly, she is overweight. And that's not me talking shit and trying to judge her. It's just like if I've seen a lot of women that are plus size that will see a, a girl that's skinny and I look at this skinny ass bitch look at this skinny bitch <laughs> look at this skinny ass bitch go eat a sandwich bitch go eat a sandwich <laughs> and that's why right society has normalized the shaming of skinny people and I don't think skinny is right either right because you might be you know lacking nutrients who knows but <laughs> we will literally apply that you know someone's calling somebody get out of here skinny bitch <laughs> but you are obese and that's something we're trying to applaud. I don't think so. I'm rolling with Jillian, Jillian Michaels with this one. Um, and I think that more of us should be on the path to be our, our higher self and our best self. We shouldn't get stuck on accepting mediocrity. Yeah. I ain't gonna front. I was watching that video early and Jillian Michaels looked like a little keto snack. <laughs> <laughs> she got some big old lips. <laughs> Nah, but um, yeah, I, I agree. I think um, it, to me, I was telling Eddie earlier, it felt like Jillian Michaels had been 
I mean, this is her personality. If you ever watch The Biggest Loser or any of these weight right. loss shows or her training anybody, she's she's a very like she like a football coach in a sense. She's yeah. like yelling at the you know the people, telling them to go hard, telling them to go harder. But it's all basically to like uh, like you mentioned, um, get these people to reach the highest version of themselves. And um, basically, what happened in that conversation? Someone brought up uh, Lizzo, and then you know somehow they you know brought up um, this idea of her being um in love with her body or you know whatever whatever they what are, what is this term they use where uh, it's like uh i can't even think of it but basically it's like body not positivity body yeah positivity. that that, right. that whole thing uh you know they claim that lizzo is a body positive person and then that just ticked jillian off yeah like she just started going in like yeah. why does it have to be about her body like why can't it be about the music and she's you know why are we celebrating obesity and stuff like that and essentially What's happening in, you know, me and Eddie kind of get uh, a lot of backlash for it, too, just in personal conversations, is that people don't want to hear the truth. Nah, they don't. They want this watered-down version of um, of of statements, you know what I mean? If, if Jillian got on there and she was like, you know, I really love Lizzo and she's a little bit overweight, not not too much, not too much, but I think if she... Stop going to Taco Bell and stop eating donuts every morning. I think she could get to a better version of herself. <laughs> and then people would be like, oh, my gosh, she's so inspirational. But instead, Jillian is on there like, lose some weight. <laughs> Wait, I was about to go ahead. <laughs> but, you know, she's on there talking very stern. And, um, you know, basically, because of the tone of what she's saying, she got so much backlash. Mm. You know, they're not even looking. They're not even actually listening to the things that she's saying because she's trying to help Lizzo. And, yes, yes. You know the thing. The thing that also happened um, in in another clip, she basically said that she used to be fat herself. She yeah. said she was five feet. Or she posted on Instagram. She was five feet tall and one hundred and seventy five pounds. Right. She was, you know, just a little chunky little white girl. And Julianne's uh, not white. She's something else. Oh well, Italian or whatever. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> um, but yeah. So um, that she, they're just killing a messenger. And you know, I think everything she said was completely correct. Um, honestly, if, if, if I was suffering from whatever, I, I personally would need that same type of, um, stern talk, right? you know, and you know, me and Eddie, we come from a sports background. We come from a football background with a bunch of tough rah-rah coaches. So like, we understand how it goes, but you know, just society we live in, everybody wants this, um, this fluffy, you know, unicorn version of these statements. Not how life works. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. Um, another thing too is 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 I think that the perfect comparison to her uh, was basically like imagine me I'm a, I'm the leader at an AA meeting and I've been sober for twenty years and I'm I'm your best friend I'm trying to tell you what's going on right mm-hmm. and Jillian My- Jillian Michaels was obese mm-hmm. who better to tell you that your health matters than someone who was obese mm-hmm. right and damn man I, I mean I don't I don't think it's right that um, people are coming at Jillian Michaels when she was someone that was obese and that actually fucking cares. Mm-hmm. I mean, how can you even care for someone without you know being soft? Like, uh, I know you're you know you're doing what you're doing. I think you're great, but possibly if you could try to lose a little bit of weight, it would help you out. Is that how we want to talk to people, or mm-hmm. do we want to fucking tell them the truth? Like, look, you suck. You can't rap. Mm-hmm. Look, you fat. You need to lose weight. Yeah. Yo, you broke. You need to get a job. 
Right. So the same person that's morbidly obese that doesn't want to be talked to like that. Oh, they would have no problem telling somebody, I don't want no broke nigga. He broke. Get a job. Yeah. So it's it's easy for you to to dick to be a dictator of what's you know, what's right and wrong. But as soon as someone points that finger back at you at anything, now we got a problem. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and this is society in general. We got to stop that shit. You know, a lot of us have that problem. And I call myself out on certain things like, yo, I had a problem with this, but look at what I just said. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <clears throat> and if if more of us could turn the mirror on ourselves, then we wouldn't have this problem. Mm-hmm. You know, Lizzo's overweight, right? And, and me personally, for my height and body type, I'm overweight. Mm-hmm. I'm losing weight. I work out regularly and I lift weights. I may not be morbidly obese, but I'm I'm a big guy. Mm-hmm. So if I'm cognizant of the fact that I need to drop weight, why the fuck is she not cognizant of the fact that she is overweight? You know, you can tell a lot by these news, uh, these television networks, by the tone of their statements. Yeah. It was one um, part in the the little, uh, I don't know, it was like Inside Edition or yeah, whatever, yeah. whatever TV show that she was on. And uh, they try to like spin it to where it's like Lizzo performs, you know, four times a week and she's up there playing the flute and doing a lot of cardio and stuff. She's not working out on stage. Nah. Like that's the reason why she's in the state she's in because she's not working out and she's not eating healthy. Yeah. So don't try to spin it like, you know, nah. she's doing the work, you know, it'd yeah. be different. There are people, um, you know, that suffer from this is very rare, though. Mm-hmm. You know, most people don't suffer from these type of conditions where. You know, it's difficult for them to lose weight. Most people, it's just fi- fixing your diet or, you know, just working out a little bit harder than you are. Um, and I don't think that's Lizzo's problem. I think she just, you know, she likes she likes what she does as far as eating and, you know. What I, per- what I personally think about Lizzo is I think that, you know, I'm going to say, now I don't want to say once her career dies down because I, I don't want to say that. I don't want to determine anyone's career or their longevity. But there's going to be a point where Lizzo you know, she starts to adopt a healthier lifestyle, right? And this is the problem with society because once she adopts a healthier lifestyle and starts looking absolutely amazing, because there's been a lot of women who were bigger who lost weight and they look amazing. I think Jill Scott's one of them. Yeah. Jill Scott was looking like a, like a snack. And Jill Scott, <laughs> and it was a couple other women that decided to take on a healthier lifestyle, lost weight, and a lot of people were like, why do they think that got to be skinny to be beautiful? What was the other girl that um, played Ade- in Dream Girls? Adele is one. Adele is one, but uh, the, uh, I know you're talking about the played in Dream Girls. God mm-hmm. damn it! I gotta look. It she up. got a beautiful voice. Screen man, huh? We, I was talking to our screen guy that pulls up the information, but it's really just <laughs> <laughs> it's really we, just me. <laughs> we need to hire. We need. To, I'm telling you, we need like a, anybody that's familiar with the Joe Rogan podcast. And he has Jamie to pull up everything. Yeah. We need to get some intern from like Cal State to like just be, we need like a real computer nerd. <laughs> They'd be like, Kyle. Go ahead. Hey, Kyle. <laughs> Kyle. Uh, it's Jennifer Hudson. Jennifer Hudson. She's another one. Looks amazing. Right. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with have that with being bigger and losing that weight because you you love yourself. Yeah. Not because you hate yourself. And this is hilarious too. Adele got body shame for losing weight. Yeah. Adele looks awesome. Right? I applaud anyone that loses weight because they're complimenting their health. Yeah. Right? But I think what it, the problem is is 
that Lizzo has a fan base of people who are obese that have a that not so much have adopted that lifestyle, but when they see it on TV, they be like, "Oh, she's like me. I'm ride or die for her." Right? And then anybody says anything about her, they mad, they offended, they got they sensitive about it because they're big, she's big, she is me up there, mm-hmm. and if you're talking about her, you're talking about me. Yeah. When in actuality, you need to say. Her up there, she's obese. I'm obese. We both should do better. Yeah. Right? If I seen a guy out in the world that was that was that had some of the same, I won't say demons, but had some of the same downfalls as me, but they happen to be, uh, uh, you know, a celebrity, and out in the world, I say, yo, he got to work on himself because I got the same problem, and I need to work on myself. Mm-hmm. You need to be self-aware. If you're not, you're going to look at someone and say, what they're doing is fine, even when it's not. Yeah. You got to stop this shit. That's real. I think um, I think we hit it on the head, man. Yeah, man. Like at the end <clears throat> of the day, what you need to remind yourself of is is stop adopting this this mindset of mediocrity. Mm-hmm. Each and every one of us is great in some capacity, right? Um, and also, don't don't get too comfortable listening to your own bullshit. Because the same person that's obese that said they body shaming me, they will turn right around and tell a dude he got a small dick. Ugh, his dick small. That is body shaming. Yeah, that's body shaming. Mm-hmm. If he's body shaming a dude for having a small cock, then it's the same as you having a big belly. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, maybe your ass is too fat for me to stick it in there. <laughs> <laughs> Why man got a... <laughs> But honestly, though, uh, like I was just thinking if, if Lizzo... I mean, she's she's you know a star as far as you know in the music world. Hundred percent. If she applied that same work ethic that she did when she recorded her album, or right. she, you know she she does all these tours and these shows and learning this choreography, she applied that to um, you know using that same discipline and work ethic to get, becoming more healthy. Right. It'd be it'd be cake. Right. You know, I think that I think for every everyone out there, this you know applies to you know any sort of field. If we if you're a person that um, you have a regular, you know, nine to five. You may be getting paid minimum wage or whatever, but you clock in every day on time, and right. you you work, you stay, and you work diligently at that job. If you took that same work ethic and applied it to something that you really wanted to do, we'd all be extremely successful. And let, and this is the final point here. I don't, I don't want people to think I'm a Lizzo basher. Okay, mm-hmm. if you do, I don't give a fuck. But what I'm saying is, is the fact that Lizzo is trying to be fat. Let me explain why. The reason why Lizzo is trying to be fat is because she is pandering to her audience at this point. Lizzo has more than enough money to have an in-house chef. She has more than enough money to have a personal trainer. And people say, well, how do you know she doesn't have those things? Well, because she's obese. And in order to be obese, you have to be eating at a caloric surplus, meaning you're eating a certain amount of calories to keep you that big. Right. If you know, first of all, before you try to, you know, uh, uh, talk about my points invalid, go up on on the Internet and look up caloric surplus and caloric deficit. In order to lose weight, you need to be at a caloric deficit. Right. And 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 in order to gain weight, you need to be at a caloric surplus. She has not lost one pound. This is why I'm not a huge fan of guys like DJ Khaled. And it's not no no offense to him, but. This guy could go on a weight loss campaign and not lose a pound. And you mm-hmm. got an energy drink at motherfucking uh uh what's the 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 uh, in the in GNC. Mm-hmm. You got like an energy drink at GNC. This is a health product and you're not healthy. 
<laughs> this is promoting the wrong message. Get somebody that's actually in fucking shape. I have no problem with somebody being obese and losing weight and being the we the fattest <laughs> macaroni. <laughs> we the best chicken. Yo, if you <laughs> yo DJ Khaled was to lose forty pounds, I'll be the first motherfucker to be like, yo. DJ Khaled getting it. Get that man a deal at GNC. You know what I'm saying? But when you're not an example of that, that's like me talking about, you know, this is how you, that's like me being a marriage counselor and I'm not fucking married. <laughs> Y'all going to be like, yo, you shouldn't be giving advice if you ain't got a happy marriage. Then why the fuck can we look at Lizzo and why the fuck can we look at DJ Khaled and legitimize them? Mm-hmm. All right, next topic. Switching gears. Don't blow your tax money. A lot of people get their tax money and and I kind of want to emphasize more on people who don't have a lot of money, right? Um, you may be a single parent, right? I'm just trying to paint a picture, right? I'm not generalizing, but you get a bigger, <laughs> you get a bigger, uh, you get a bigger tax return, maybe because you have one or two kids. You're getting eight, eighty five hundred, nine thousand dollars, and instead of plugging that money in and finding a way to uh, somehow come off the bigger end. You will buy your kids whatever they want and, you know, maybe get a car, pay pay a couple months rent and then just blow the rest of the money. Right. And this is this is bad habits people have when they they're not used to having money. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I can make a comment on this is because I come from it, man. I, I, I did. There were times where I didn't have hardly no money and my, my habits were bad. So you become a product of, you know, predatory lending. There's some people that go to check cash in places. When they don't have no money, when they get paid, they got to wait till payday. They get a payday loan, and then when they don't pay the loan off, it just gains interest over and over. And then interest now, rates be crazy, bro. twenty five, thirty percent. Yeah, you become a you. You get in this cycle. Being poor is almost a subculture in itself because you become a product of predatory lending. You become a product of bad credit. Mm-hmm. Um, not having a sufficient savings account, mm-hmm. um, getting money and blowing it immediately because you're not used to having it. Yeah. All these things matter. So in regards to taxes, make sure you sit on that money. Try to find a way. If you have a friend that has a business, try to give her like, you know, $2,500, $1,500 to add to that business so you could get, you know, residual income that comes mm-hmm. back, whatever the case. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's a lot. Yeah, I mean, there's so many things you could spend it on. And right. Part of, um, even if it's a thing where it's not necessarily going to give you some return on your investment, right. um, invest in yourself. Right. You know what I mean? I, I know Eddie talked about getting his teeth right and, you know, 100%. getting his body right. You know, maybe you want to buy some meal preps or something like that. Or maybe you want to, you know, invest in some Invisalign or, you know, the little smile uh, retainer deals or, yeah. um, you know, anything anything in that manner that could um, help you reach your higher self. But just blowing it on um, things such as a car or, like you said, you know, spending it on your kids, a new PS4 or, you know, video games or whatever, that stuff is going to go away so fast. You know, and I I hear people all the time that tell me about the the money that they blew through or whatever. I'm like, yo, you could have done so much. You could have done so much with that, man. Right. And it's disheartening. Starting a business in 2020 is so easy. You know, you basically essentially just find a niche and then you, if you want to start a clothing line or, yeah. you know, you want to sell little things here and there. I know a girl um, 
she went to she went to BHS, and I don't know if this is like exactly everything she does for a living, mm-hmm. but um, she um, she basically just sells watercolor paintings. Wow, she sells calendars and you know little little five by seven little images of the moon and stuff like oh, that. Wow. She got one hundred and eighty thousand um, followers on Instagram, and oh my god, you know. Like investing in that kind of thing, you know, so many people right. out here in the world that have, you know, these 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 small little uh, interest right. that you know you could capitalize on and, and and learn to make money from. And not everybody is an entrepreneur, so that's just something I'm telling people that have like a little inkle to you know want to sell something or want to you know want to um, put forth an idea that they have. But right. if not, you know, put it put it in a savings account. Right there's um. There's these, uh, I, don't, I think they're called like high yield uh, savings accounts or something like that. Mm-hmm. You could put it in, um, you have to do your research as far as which ones are great. But if you just put that, that money in a savings account, because basically what, we, what, we've do, what we've done as far as our tax returns is a lot of people are spending it before they got it. You have 100%. to realize that um, 11 months out of the year, excuse me. The 11 months out of the year where you didn't have that tax return, you were still surviving. 100%. So if you're able to put that $2,000, $3,000, $4,000 away, mm-hmm. you can still survive. And then that money, you know, you put it in that savings account, depending on what the um, the interest rate is going to be, you're going right. to, you know, you're going to start um, collecting like $20, you know, here and there, $30 every year. And then if you just keep that sitting in there and by the time you pull it out, like you, you know, ain't no telling what you could buy. Yeah. So. By the time you pull it out. Yeah, I don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Team, no pull out. <laughs> nah, man. But um, I think that, like, let's say for example, you're wondering, like, man, Keith and Eddie just talking about this. They don't know what the fuck they talking about, right? Because you know, there are people that listen to the podcast that probably disagree with everything we say. Right? <laughs> um, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> that's just the truth. Lot, people that hate you the most pay you the most they attention. They listening the whole time. Oh, they listening. They're probably like always talking, man. Yeah, it's probably some girl just like wow, whatever, and then she got a little vibrator. Trucker's <laughs> <laughs> mind vibrator. Yeah. <laughs> no, but um, if you hate what we're talking about, right, and you don't like it, right, start your own podcast. Guess how you do it? Buy the equipment. Me and yeah. Keith invested in equipment. We still invest in equipment. Right. We've invested in all kinds of things to better the content. That's why you can listen to this podcast and this podcast sounds better than some of the top podcasts out there because we've emphasized on quality. It makes it easier for you for us, for you guys to listen to us. So we said, fuck it. Let's make sure we get quality products that are easy to hear. Another thing, too, is if you if you invest in yourself and let's say you get. Equipment for a podcast, you spend about a thousand dollars at the top of the year. You get a consistent co-host. You've literally invested in yourself. Yeah. Why? Do, why do you think me and Keith hopped on here on a Friday morning before I go to work to do this podcast? Yeah, because this is an investment. So years to come, we could look back and say, "Yo, we never missed a week in fucking years, and now we getting paid a lot of money." Yeah, I was just watching uh, Kevin Edwards' videos, and he was just yeah. talking about the. The persistence that you need to get to where he's gotten to, and he's right. about to hit—he's like five point two seven million subscribers on his uh, yeah gaming channel on his gaming channel. So that—that's what you need, man. It's diligent, diligent, diligent every way, every day, every day, every day. And you know, for us, it's every week. We can't can't really do a podcast every day, but um, for us, it's every week. You know, mm-hmm. staying at it, staying at it, and you know, we one year in, um, and 
you know, things are gonna things are only gonna go up here. About 100%. to be two, about to be about to hit two, huh? In April. Yeah, it'll be two years. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. <clears throat> it's about to be two years in April that we've been doing this podcast. Crazy. And literally every single week you have heard our voices on this shit. Regardless of uh if you tuned out for a little bit and tuned back in, check them dates, baby. We more consistent than any fucking podcast that you listen to. I don't care what podcast you listen to. Not one of them have put out as much content like us every week and never missed a week. Mm-hmm. None of them. Right? And a lot, what a lot of people don't understand, too, is when you really care about something or you invest in it, you have to, you have to convince yourself. And then others will be convinced. Yeah. Kind of like what Will Smith was saying. We exactly. About last week. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you can't you can't do that. But back to the main topic. Um, I mentioned the podcast being an investment. There's so many people that want to say things, right? You yeah. want you want to say things, and you you might see, oh, Eddie, Eddie has a podcast. Oh, why can't I do it? Go you ahead can and start do it. it. Yeah. You can. You can. Yeah. You, you know, you just just be be yourself. If yourself is not interesting, then it won't work. But if yeah, you, <laughs> yeah. But start. Start and stay consistent and find someone that is on the same, you know, the same wavelength as you and yeah. you'll be okay. But you'll never know. And, you know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of things we've tried as far as stand up and doing a podcast. hundred percent. In your mind, you'd be like, man, maybe I could do this, but you don't really right. know until you do it. So right. that's, uh, you just got to try. Uh, one other thing, one other good investment for people out there is some version of a book, you know, right. whether it's an audio book or right. a literal physical book. Um or ebook, you know, um, because there's so much knowledge in books out there. Oh my god! I mean? Yes, like in in we they they've created this these books to cater to every type of uh person, like every type of person that intakes information. Exactly. You know, if you're a person like Eddie that's on a roll, you pop in a, a, a audio book, which I do, and and you're listening to those, you know, for hours and hours. Or uh-huh. you know, for me, I like to read the physical books. Uh-huh. Um, it keeps me locked in more and it, like if I read a if I'm listening to an audio book it I, I can't really listen to information like that passively so I have to be I have to be locked in I have to be actually reading the, yeah. reading the pages um, but either way it's so much information out there man it's so many um, autobiograph uh, autobiographies um, one that I've been like reading here and there is Tyler Perry's autobiography just learning mm-hmm. about how he got started with the plays and how he came up and um you know his 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 traumatic experiences with his with his parents and stuff like mm-hmm. that and this is all you know seeing where a person is now is is so valuable because you yes. can make those connections to yourself 100% you know what i mean he talked about his first plays and nobody showed up and you like yo um i haven't had that experience yet but i know if i create a play if i create a movie if i do whatever and nobody shows up i'm like yo it's still an opportunity to get where tyler perry is 100%. now he got freaking the hugest studio in america so it's like you know that's why um just reading that content is valuable and also you know learning about what you want to do there's books about you know there's some people out there and you know not everyone has a mental capacity to do everything that they want to do in life especially you know, a lot of us get these ideas later in life, yeah. but there's people out there that want to make an app. You know, there's people out there that want to start a business. Like we said before, there's people out there that um, want to be a trainer or whatever, but it, all this information is in books. It, oh my God. 
and that exactly. tax return that you get you and you're going to spend spend a f- small fraction of that on this tax return there's people right. out there that want to invest in stocks i remember as a kid um my grandma would always mention stocks 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 and i didn't really fully understand what they were but she only mentioned it just as conversation pieces mm-hmm. i don't think she knew anything about investing in stocks i don't mm-hmm. even know if she knew where to go to to invest in a stock mm-hmm. but she put that little thing in my mind and then when i got old enough to actually do it on my own i did a little bit of research i watched some videos i did you know read a few books here and there and now i i'm not i'm not a person that fully understands the stock market but i understand enough to know that um you know i know how to make a little bit of money off of it so yeah. i just say all that to say you know invest in yourself and make sure the things that you are investing in won't depreciate as soon as you open the box or as soon as you drive it off the lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, another form of investing, you know, uh, is investing in an idea. And basically let's say, you know, you get a certain amount of money and you're like, yo, for the last, I've been repeating this cycle for the past six, seven years. Mm -hmm. And it always ends the same way. How can I make a, a significant change? And one of them is you need to look at who's around you. Right. Yeah. Do you have enablers or do you have friends? If you have enablers, then they're going to be like, yeah, girl, you know, or, 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 yeah, homie, you know, we got our taxes. Let's go out. Let's go to Vegas. Let's do this. Let's do that. Fuck Vegas. Fuck all that shit. You can always go to Vegas. If you literally had like legitimate friends and let's say, for example, and I I hate to use this example, but let's say, you know, you're a single mother and you have another friend that has the same situation and you guys both got a big tax return. And let's say you guys, um, you do some type of hair or you do some type of beauty, an esthetician or whatever you are, and you want to invest in some type of idea, you guys could both take $1,500 or two grand and put it towards buying um, equipment mm-hmm. and, and either doing it and renting out a place and or doing it out of your home or yeah. something like that. Yeah. You know, yeah. or or if you're investing. To go along with that. Go ahead. Um, I'll let you finish your point. But a lot of people, as far as starting businesses, they don't know how easy it is. They don't know that there's office spaces that you can rent downtown or, Mm -hmm. you know, just different, um, you know, business, uh, uh, commercial, commercial real estate, you know, Mm -hmm. little offices or whatever that you could rent for, you know, dang near three fifty or, you know, $400 Mm -hmm. or something like that. And you have a whole big office where you can do hair, you can do massages, you can do any of these sort of things. You could do. You could be hitting it from the back. <laughs> a trucker's mind porn. I'm using my tax return to do some a trucker's mind porn. A trucker's mind porn hub. <laughs> gonna be a whole bunch of truck drivers hitting little white girls from the back. <laughs> oh my god. Oh man. Yeah, oh, man. God. That's hilarious. Now I don't think that it keeps right. You don't need to have this great. Um, this great like business acumen, I guess you could say. Yeah. You you just need to have a drive. And I think that once you have the drive or you have this idea, that's when the questions come. How can I do this? How can I do this? How can I do this? Mm-hmm. And when you start asking those questions, you start finding out, hey, I could do this. Then everybody else is like, how'd you do that? And it's like, because I actually gave a fuck. Exactly. When you actually care about something, then you start to grab onto these, you know, these ideas um, and you go full force into it. And you start to do things that no one else is doing. And then what happens is, is people that are actually actively doing things will notice and be like, yo, damn, you all doing that? 
Yeah. You yeah. know, oh man, yeah, I gotta, you guys are doing, I gotta collab with y'all. You know, people will take you seriously based on what you're doing, not by what you're acting or trying to do. Yeah. I see people that have clothing lines, but they ain't going hard for it. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's no disrespect to them. I'm just being honest. If you was going harder for what you believed in, then it would show. Yeah. And, and a lot of that is they're not doing what they actually want to do. They're doing what they think is cool and what they right. think is to make them money. Right. Don't claim to have a podcast. <laughs> And you ain't putting out no content. You don't love it. Yeah. If you did, you wouldn't be motherfucking putting out no content. Don't claim to be a a, a cinematographer or whoever you are or, you know, uh, you in film or whatever you do and you ain't putting out no content. If you ain't putting out no content, you don't love what you do. Exactly. You're not investing in yourself. If your strong point is supposed to be podcast, where your podcast. If your strong point is supposed to be being a comedian, what's the last time you've been on stage? Yeah. If you're supposed to be putting out motherfucking film, where's your script? Where's your film? Yeah. Like, people don't understand, like, if making an investment in yourself is serious, we only got one life to live, mm-hmm. you know? And if you keep repeating the same cycle, this is going back to the tax thing. If you keep repeating the same cycle and you get a significant tax refund, then you are blowing. You're blowing your opportunity and you're blowing, you're blowing through money. Yeah, man. You're going to be broke again all year long. You're only getting older. Yeah. I, you know, I, like I said, it's sad. It's extremely sad that I know people that have come across a lot of money in their lifetime, you know, whether, you know, working. Um, I have uncles that, you know, did certain jobs as far as like firefighting where, you know, you making mm. 50, 60, 70 thousand dollars in, in a, a, few, a few months. months. And then once you leave there, you they just broke. spending all their money. And it's like when you actually working, you're not spending any money because they're right. paying for your meals. They're giving you per diem and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, us just being financially illiterate, you know, mm-hmm. as soon as we step away from these jobs, we just splurging. And it's yeah. sad, man. It's so, really sad. I think it comes. I think that the best thing that people can do is um, use your smartphone for everything. Right. You, you use it to go on Instagram and find memes. You, yeah. use, you use it to, you know, find these little fake inspirational videos. You use it to post thirst traps. You use it to mm. to comment and, and be a troll on the Internet. Use the power of the Internet to grow yourself. If you go on the Internet and you look up podcast equipment, you will find it. If you go on the Internet and you look up, you know, um, books on how to become more financially literate i've looked up books rich dad poor dad the richest man in babylon you got think other grow, books huh what is it think and grow rich think and grow rich you got all these books online mm-hmm. that give you pretty much the guidelines or ideas of what you can do to empower yourself mm-hmm. if you actually fucking looked you, you people don't understand how much books podcasts and um pretty much books and podcasts yeah. how much they can um grow you like yeah. intellectually yeah you know pretty much most of the time i'm listening to podcasts i'm learning shit that i never knew before i was i was listening to freakonomics which is a good yeah um a really really good um informative podcast and you know i just threw it on because you know i was i, I was genuinely excited about coming here this morning and I was like, man, let me throw on a little podcast. You know, I, we got here early and, mm-hmm. you know, you just got a, you got a different, you know, we talked about it before about, right. you know, just waking them early so you can get a head start on your day. 100%. You know, I was listening to that and they were talking about taxes and I was learning all kind of stuff about taxes. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's a, there's a, they call it like a tax gap. Mm-hmm. Basically the amount of money that America is supposed to get in taxes as far 
um, far like it's extremely wide compared to the money that they're actually getting because right. there's a lot of like independent contractors mm-hmm. such as myself mm-hmm. um, who don't be actually telling the government all the money that they're getting and there's okay. not really any way that they can prove that they're not getting the money that they're supposed to okay. because if it's like a cash exchange and then there's mm-hmm. no receipt then it's just like mm. how could you how could you audit somebody if it's just like hey you just got $20 for shooting a porno or something and they paid you in cash okay uh well the irs if they listen to this this will be evidence that keith does porn (laughs) 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 hey yo i could just imagine like can you imagine doing something like porn like how is that like how do you tax that (laughs) like do you get taxed like three percent for every (laughs) blow you get 20 percent for every nut you bust (laughs) That'd be crazy. 20% of that, that's wild. Damn, you get a $150 bonus for every cum shot. They're going to start taxing these premium Snapchats. Y'all yeah. girls better watch out. Yeah, you're in there twerking and stuff, playing mm-hmm. with yourself. And then they're going to be, all of a sudden, like once when you send that video to, you know, the people that pay for your stuff, it's just going to be like a little emoji with the IRS. <laughs> What's a little, it ain't a little eagle or something? Yeah, it's going <laughs> to be local. a little, and tw- <laughs> it's going to be, no, it's going to, no, no, here go one. It's going to be a girl twerking on Instagram. <laughs> and then in the comments, it's going to be the internal revenue service like, damn, you got ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dang that's funny yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh dang you're a wild boy yeah bring that ass it's gonna be internal <laughs> revenue with the little eagle <laughs> bring that ass over here in the next 10 years all these serious like conglomerates or businesses are gonna adopt the internet ways we're starting to see it now yeah right like I seen uh what's it's this it's this like Hawaiian food place called uh I forgot what it's called. Fuck. It's like a Hawaiian food place. It's mm. called Hawaiian whatever. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what it's called. But anyways, they had a billboard that's in Riverside and it said, Bruh, let's meet, right? Mm-hmm. And it shows like the food and it says, Bruh. Less meat. Less meat, but L-E-S-S it's L E S S meat. Yeah, no. Let's meet, but it's M E A T. Oh, like okay. instead of less meat, M-E-E-T, it says less meat. And yeah. I'm like, this is genius That's marketing. Clever. But it's because they've adopted the ways of the internet now. And I everyone- think Chick-fil-A could do that too. But Chick- say like less meat, like L-E-S-S meat. I guess they could. No, it's, it's, not, it's not less meat. It's still chicken. Yeah. I guess really. They do, they do their old cow, like the beef. Less, yeah, they do. Less Let's meet. In the next 20 meat. years, Chick-fil-A going to be like, nigga, come over here. Nigga, come over. <laughs> <laughs> nigga, we got chicken. <laughs> oh, That's man. funny. And I'm telling you, all, we're going to start seeing the world adopt the, the, in the internet language. Yeah. Some of the stuff is annoying. Like he's like, oh, I was mad as a, I was mad AF. I hate, I hate when I honestly hate when these uh, these fast food companies or whatever tweet like human beings. What? Oh like my to god! Say stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. but you got to realize though that that they're hiring, probably hiring younger people on their like their marketing mm-hmm. team. Like I think what I, I've seen from like you know Carl's Jr. or something, they'll post a picture of a burger with the cheese melting and. You know, ketchup and shit dripping, and then it'll say next to it like "big mood." You'd be like, "Shut yeah. up!" I hate that. I don't mm-hmm. like. 
big mood what does that even fucking mean i know what it means but it's like that's not english i don't want my carl's jr accounts tweeting like that i just want them to tweet like normal yeah this this is a business man yeah big mood uh Mm -hmm. mcdonald's gonna probably like once the internet i don't know if if, uh, mcdonald's would do that though you never Um, know yeah i don't know did you did you hear about the guy the ceo from mcdonald's that has had a step down no no because um he was dating one of the employees oh i did hear about that mm-hmm. i was just like to me I, I i mean i guess it is a rule you know you're not supposed to fraternize with your yeah um, your co-workers but um yeah i don't know i guess yeah. i guess you know they, they have those stipulations there for a reason but it but it didn't it, it seemed to me as far as the tone of the article that they had a real relationship it wasn't like yeah you know, but, but i don't know but i don't know <clears throat> like you can if you're a person that's at higher stature you could leverage that yeah that's why and i think that's, that's why, why they did that yeah yeah i yeah. i get it you know what i mean but it's it, it kind of sucks in a way. What if that's your real like you really fall in love with somebody? Well, I mean, that's... they still in love then, so it really doesn't matter. Yeah. So uh, he's now gonna, you're out of a job. He's not. He's okay though. He's rich and he's gonna find another job. I mean, instead of a McMuffin, he gave her a McFucking. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> he gave her a McStuffin. <laughs> yeah. You, can you imagine that the CEO of McDonald's fucking some chick? He'd be like, "You like that McDick? <laughs> McDick." <laughs> A McDickin. <laughs> oh, yeah, a McBustin. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Oh, man. All right. Uh, and, you know, and, you know, after he had that affair, he, he was really McWorried. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Switching gears. Um, for anyone who's seen the Aaron Hernandez documentary, um, I think you, you probably were pretty disturbed by what you've seen, but let's be clear. First of all, let me make this statement. Um, I think that nobody really cares about issues until they come to Netflix. <laughs> like this has been public knowledge for over a year and a half plus of all the uh, things that went on in that case. Over a year and a half ago, I listened to a podcast from the Boston Globe that talked about Aaron Hernandez, which was actually more in depth on the podcast than actual documentary that talked to a few of his teammates, like his actual teammates, not just the ones that were on this, this documentary, but it talked to Brandon Lloyd and Wells, what Wells Walker and Wells Walker talked to, and uh, Brandon Lloyd talked about how Aaron Hernandez used to do a lot of homoerotic things where he would pull his penis out and like, uh, be like, Hey, y'all look at my dick. Hey, look at my dick, blah, 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 blah. And it was like, yo, like we veterans, like we didn't play like that, but he still kept doing it. Right. Um, that's just a, there's a few things that were left out. Um, but the reason why I talked about people don't care about things that they get to Netflix is because they've been an issue. We don't care about anything till it comes to a platform that we actually care about. So they R. Kelly. Yeah. We knew this, we knew this nigga R. Kelly been peeing on people for years. (laughs) We knew this shit, right? But we didn't give a fuck till they came out with a documentary. R. Kelly you know, been putting McDickens in Happy Meals for years. Nah, he been putting McP in that movie. <laughs> McP. Mc, McPissing. <laughs> this is the remix to the ignition. <laughs> I've been over McPissing. <laughs> nah, um, but the information could be on CNN. It could be on Fox News. It could be on whatever, right? But being as a lot of people get their news from fucking the, the uh, Facebook or they just watch 
fucking documentaries on Netflix. So once you bring it to a platform that people actually care about, now they care. Now everyone's talking about it, mm-hmm. right? So that's what kind of really got me off my axis a little bit. I was just like, okay, mm-hmm. now you motherfuckers give a fuck when this, all this information has been out. Yeah. Yeah, that's one thing, right? Um, what I took from the documentary, uh, one of the things is your, your, um, your base, like in which you start, means a lot. If you got extremely dysfunctional parents, it could fuck your whole life up. Yeah, but he said that. Yeah, when he, he had a conversation with his mom, and I think it was the first episode. Yeah, he, he said, was you like, "Fuck you, my you, life you, up." Yeah, he said, "I was good, everything was good, and you messed me up." Yeah, you messed me up, and and that's only one layer to Aaron Hernandez. And I know there's other Aaron <clears throat> Hernandezes walking around in this world, and we don't pay them any attention. And I think that a guy like Aaron Hernandez, the worst thing that ever happened to him was football because he was fucking great at it. Right. So being as you're great at something, people put you on a pedestal instead of holding you accountable for the lack of human being you are. Right. Yeah. You know, um, this dude, like we're going to get into it. To go go along with that. mm -hmm. I mean, we've experienced these things personally. You know, you know, the good football player on your team that mispracticed or, you know, he he, he maybe got we just talking about last night with some of my boys. There was a really, really talented basketball player here in Bakersfield. Probably one of the better basketball players to ever, you know, play basketball here. Um, but he didn't play basketball for three years of high school because mm. his grades were so terrible. Oh, my God. And finally, the senior year came around. He wasn't going to school. He got in trouble for truancy. And then all of a sudden, he showed up right before basketball season. Wow. And he got to play. Oh, my God. And then they went in one valley. <sighs> so it's like the athletes get a pass, man. And, you know, we've seen, I've seen, I know people out here. There was a guy out here. Um, Two two kids. Or I don't know how many people were in the car, but a few people were in the car. The they had. I think we were eighteen, like freshman year of college. Um, there was a few people in the car. It was a gun in the car. That was you know one of them was like one of the better athletes here in town, and I think his cousin was also in the car. And essentially, I don't know if they took off or ran or whatever, but. Basically, the one cousin that wasn't the best, the better athlete took the rap for the other cousin so that he can go on and, you know, finish his football career. So it's like those kind of things happen to athletes every single day, especially if you're a good athlete. So, yeah, but here's the problem, though. It's not so much it's it's these coaches want to win more than they want to hold people accountable. Yeah. If I was a head coach, these young men that I that I would have as players would know that I want the best for them. But I would also hold them accountable from the from the best player on my team to the last player on the bench. I will hold each and every one of you accountable. If you miss practices, you're not going to get to play. I won't kick you off the team, but you're going to watch a person that may not be better than you. They're going to start. You're going to sit on the bench. I don't care if we lose them by 30 points. You will not get on the field. Yeah. Most coaches don't have that integrity. They don't have I, it. Honestly, out of all the coaches that I've played for in my lifetime, I played football since I was in the sixth grade. Yeah. Um, I've you know ran track since I was in like the fourth grade all the way right. up until um, until junior college, and I may have only had one coach that had that kind of integrity. I would right. hold every mm-hmm. everybody accountable, and it was my um, elementary and junior high track coach. Yeah. He kicked some. He kicked uh, two, three, four uh, of the runners off the team. 
Mm-hmm. And he started a whole, like, the only reason I was able to run track and then we went on to Win Valley and stuff in mm-hmm. elementary school is because, because I had went out late. I didn't know when the tryouts were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had came to the school late also. But the only reason I was able to run is because he kicked those um, yeah, the runners off the team. Oh, my God. So to be able to, like, you know, to be like, you know, I don't know, I don't know how this season is going to pan out or whatever. I'm just kicking these people off the team, and luckily he got blessed because more mm-hmm. people were able to try out, and then you know we went on to still win. But my high school football coaches, my you know my uh, junior college football coaches, none of them mm-hmm. had that same type of integrity to right. be able to hold every single person on the um, team accountable, even if you're the best athlete or whatever on the team, so. right? I think that my first, and this is this is why it's important. I will give uh uh before we get into this Aaron Hernandez thing, my about I had with uh being held accountable is when I was in junior high. I was going to Kern Junior High. I was I was in the seventh grade, and they had like a seventh eighth grade team, and uh, we were doing tryouts. I made it through the first one, the second one, and it was the final cuts, and I'm still on the team, right? And you know, like I'm like I'm about to make the team. I'm the best one of the best players on this whole team. So they get me the ball down in the post, boop, hit a bucket. Then they get me the ball back again at the top of the key. I move past one dude, boom, hit a bucket. So I probably hit at least, I don't know how many shots I made, but I made a bunch of them. Yeah. But I really wasn't moving the ball too much, right? So I was like, yo, like I killed out there. So I go back the next day to school, and the list of who made the team and who got cut was on on the door. It was on the door of like a classroom. So everybody walking up to it looking for their name, like I made it, right? I walk up, I don't see my name, right? And I'm looking. Then I look again. Then I look again. Then I look again. And then I go and I contact the coach. I was like, oh, my name wasn't up there. It's like, I'm sorry. He cut me because I wasn't passing the ball. Mm -hmm. Swear to God, this is the honest to God truth. Man, I was crying. I was crying. I went and told my dad. Yeah. He was just like, oh, my God, son. I don't even, you know, he. It was one of those things. But I think about it now, and it's because I wasn't sharing the ball. And as a kid, he probably seemed like, oh, this kid's trying to either prove a point or he's selfish. And it was players that were not even good that was on the team, and I got cut. Mm-hmm. And he did the right thing for doing that to me, mm-hmm. right? I think that's the best thing you could do to a kid is break his spirit when he not being kind to people or he not moving the ball, and I wasn't moving the ball, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. we've, we've developed a culture of people that do things like that. Now. Yeah. Shoot back over to the Aaron Hernandez thing. I say football was the worst thing that happened to Aaron because he happened to be great at it. And the and what happened is is it started to eradicate the the people in his life or or pushed him away that even seeing that he had problems because he was so good in football that it was like, well, football is going to take him far. You know, everybody has problems. It tends to dilute all of the serious issues you have when you're getting four touchdowns a fucking game. Yeah. You know, people don't see it. Um, but let's go to his parents, right? Aaron Hernandez's father was an alcoholic that beat his wife, right? Uh, he was extremely homophobic. That was talked about in the, in there in the uh, documentary. And it was also a time where Aaron wanted to be like a cheerleader or whatever, and his dad straightened him out, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, and this is information that was talked about in the, in, on, the, on the documentary, and a lot of it was talked about from his brother, Mm-hmm. His older brother. So that's where the battle with his sexuality it came in. You know what I'm saying? And it's relevant based on the fact that if a person doesn't come out, can they lash out? Yeah. That's a question. 
Right. Not saying that's like the, you know, the primary source of why he was the way he was, but it could have been a a layer to it. You know, I hear that a lot with uh, people that have these battles with their sexuality, mm-hmm. like their parents are extremely um, yeah homophobic. And I wonder if that, you know, obviously uh, most people will say that they just um, like the same sex or, you know, they fell in love with such and such person. But I wonder if that has anything to do with it, like a sort of rebellion against. Um, and I don't, I don't I'm not trying to disrespect anybody. I'm just trying to, um, you know, kind of put like a psychological spin to mm-hmm. it. Like if it, if it if there's any small percentage of people that are just like because my dad disrespects and hates gay people so much, then I'm I want to be that or, you mm. know, but I don't know. I'm just I'm just talking. Yeah, um, I think that, you know, there's a part of him that probably could have been um, bisexual or gay or whatever the case, but he couldn't tell nobody. And then his high school quarterback talked about how they had they had sexual relations from the time they was in like eighth, seventh grade all the way up to high school. Mm -hmm. And they didn't tell nobody about it. Right. Mm -hmm. And there was other people that said things. And the only problem I have is, you know, people. Because of your reputation and who you are in the NFL, they're not going to come out and say, man, this guy, you know, he's gay, he's this and that. Mm-hmm. You know, so when somebody dies, it kind of, it's like he's not there to defend himself. So it kind of like, it's kind of like, yo, why are they calling this dude gay? But at the same time, it could have been who he was. Mm-hmm. And this is why one of the things, it's it's one of it, it's just one of the layers. Another one was um, him having a... Uh, um, what was it? Damn it, what was they talked about? It was that, and then there was also the trauma that came along with it. Yeah. Um, after his father passed on, his mother um, moved another. Who was it that he, she moved in the house? So he, he had a, a cousin named Tanya, and Tanya's husband um, ended up leaving Tanya. Tanya was his cl- probably his closest family member, right. even more so than his mom and yeah. his uh, his brother. Or maybe his dad was probably like the, right. the person that was closest to him. But Tiny was extremely close to him. I guess Tiny had cancer, mm. and I don't. It doesn't. I don't think it says exactly why they broke up. But mm. basically, the Tiny's husband left Tanya for the mom for Aaron's mom, and it was like a month after the father yeah. had passed away. And they and he moved into the house, and he was in the house. Yeah, and then that's when I was saying Aaron Hernandez was spending more time at Tanya's house mm-hmm. during those times, so. and and he started raising himself because he couldn't stand his mom. Mm-hmm. So you look at the parents, man. He got a dysfunctional foundation. That's only one layer. Another layer is him having brain trauma. Not until he passed on did they find out that he had stage three CTE, right? Um, CTE is affiliated with brain trauma. So at the age of 27, uh, the, the woman that examined his brain said that she had never seen a case that severe of a man that young. And it affected his frontal lobe, which affects, you know, his uh, personality. It's why and that he, doesn't start to stop developing yeah. right, until you're what, like 26. Uh, no, until you're, yeah, almost, you're almost 30. Your mm-hmm. uh, your frontal cortex. Mm-hmm. So his brain was fucked up, which is only one layer also. So his brain being fucked up based on brain trauma. And they also thought there was a there was a scene in uh, the documentary documentary where they talked about he got knocked out so cold that the ambulance had to come and get him. Yeah. And they said, you know, and that was only one occasion. He's young. 
Yeah. This guy, Aaron Hernandez, entered the NFL when he was 20 years old. 20. He was 17 years old playing against 22, 23-year-olds in college. Yeah. Crazy. Huge, you know, these huge physical specimens in the SEC. Yeah. And he, he took this route because he wanted he just wanted to leave. He had to get away. Mm-hmm. So he felt a need to rush into college and get to that camp early. <clears throat> and they was using him early as a tight end. He mm-hmm. was that gifted and that blessed. To where he was in the NFL at 20 years old. Yeah. Imagine being 20 years old. You come from a dysfunctional background. Um, you, you're pretty much getting what you want because you're a college athlete. Not to mention he's a handsome guy. So if mm-hmm. you're if your life is fucked up and you're getting what you want, then you're not being held accountable at all. Yeah, not- there was multiple instances they brought up where um, Aaron Hernandez would be out at a bar and, you know, um, he didn't pay his tab and the the, yeah. the the person was waving a receipt at him and he just sucker punched a guy in his ear and he, he yeah. busted his uh, his eardrum crazy and it was it was it was even a shooting that had happened and um the guy ended up surviving yeah. and they swept all the stuff under the rug but that's this this is this is normalized behavior in um in the NCAA when you're a great athlete mhm you know these these athletes get away from it's it's a unrealistic world that they present to them. Yeah, and then you know they keep on, you know, swipe uh, sweeping these things under the rug, and then eventually it, it it just explodes, and that's what happened. I think that it sets. I think that these institutions set an extremely uh, it's an extremely unrealistic example of what life is like, not only for an athlete but as a human being. Uh, these institutions will milk these players for all they're worth. Um, and then once they go to the NFL, they don't have any idea of financial literacy. Um, and what's crazy too is, is these athletes can get away with pretty much most crimes because these institutions have the best lawyers because they're going to, they, they want to keep the best players on the field. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to make sure that you, you keep the name of these places clean. You don't want Florida. You don't want LSU. You don't want these top places to look bad. Yeah, so, you got to think too. Like, you, if you see that stadium in Florida, it probably sit like eighty thousand people ridiculous. in there. Yeah, and you got to think. Um, I don't know what's. I don't know what city it's in. Is it not Gainesville? I think it is. Okay, but whatever city it's in, you you have you fill a stadium with eighty thousand people that live in that community, and you know, Crazy. small percentage of those are students and alumni and everything. You have to think that that football team touches the whole city and mm-hmm. surrounding cities so there's a certain level of um i guess like a stardom or you know you're you're almost like you're jesus yeah them, you are you know what i mean you're so, like a figure that's almost untouchable so they're doing any and everything the, the police officers probably have daughters and stuff that go to mm-hmm. the school you know the firefighters and you know yeah. they have connections the lawyers everything everybody is connected to that football program so they're going to do anything and everything in their power in order to um keep that public figure um in the best light not not to mention like the mystique right you know you you look at a dude like Aaron Hernandez, who was an extremely athletic, um, really good tight end, made, uh, had a significant contract well, before he went to prison, mm-hmm. and, you know, tatted up dude, handsome dude. And from the outside looking in, you got, you know, you know, society, you got women like, oh, my God, you know, even though this guy is a convicted murderer, 
yeah, who affected the lives of people. You got women that's like, oh my god, Aaron, I just, oh my god, yeah. They showed him, they showed him driving by in the in the back of the van, going to court or going to prison or whatever. Yeah, and there was a couple girls outside with like Florida, uh, uh, um, what do you call it? Just Florida shirts on. Yeah, um, screaming, we love you. Oh my God, we love you. They were showing Instagram pictures of women, you know, cuffing themselves and um, put, because he had, when he got locked up, they just put him in handcuffs and they put a shirt on him, you know, so he could walk outside or whatever. And there were women that were posing like that on their Instagram pages. Crazy. You know, putting a little shirt over themselves and tying themselves up in the back. And it was just like, it's just wild to think that, you know, the effect that stardom has on us in America. It's bad. I, it, it, it's it's a form of infatuation. Mm-hmm. You're infatuated with the character. I think that what a lot of women need to realize too is like, let's say for example, a woman commits a crazy crime. Uh, Lorena Bobbitt chopped off John Bobbitt's cock, right? Mm-hmm. And they came out with a documentary that that shed light on. This is why documentaries can be biased. They came out with a documentary that kind of shed light on it, and it made her like, I was the victim. I was being abused. This and that. He was cheating on me. That doesn't justify you chopping off his dick, okay? Mm-hmm. When you chopped off his dick, you became him. Yeah. Okay, what you needed to do, ladies, if you listen to this, leave. If a man is beating you in any way, cheating on you, you deserve better. Leave. Do not sit there and, and clap for a woman to chop off dicks. Yeah. And not to mention, am I over here like, yo, she chopped off dicks, but she's kind of hot. I like that. Come on, yeah. man. <laughs> ladies, this is t- this is... This is this is the problem. We emph- we emphasize too much on men being bad, but this is a prime example of toxic femininity, right? This man killed an innocent man in cold blood, and all you can do is talk about how handsome this guy is. That's crazy. Crazy. <laughs> I mean, to the to the human eye, we obviously can see like you know that chick just stabbed somebody, but she got huge tits. I don't care about her tits anymore. She killed somebody. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But for some reason, a lot of women cannot get over the fact of Aaron's looks. This dude was a psychopath. And it also shows what kind of men women are attracted to. You're attracted to a dude that got psychological problems with tattoos. That's why y'all be having failed relationships. Yeah. You're trying to to cuff somebody that should be in handcuffs. Yeah. You're trying to cuff a nigga that should be doing life. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Why do you, it's a lot of women that be having boyfriends in prison. Yeah. I'm not yeah. saying people in prison don't deserve love. All I'm saying is, is, is niggas is free out here. It's niggas that's free out here. We got some free dick. Right? <laughs> got free. <laughs> oh, man. We got unincarcerated dick out here. <laughs> oh, man. That's funny. <laughs> she want that jailbird dick. Yeah, she want that 20 to life. <laughs> Damn, she wants that. She wants that. Put some money on my books. <laughs> that is, it's weird. There needs to be some real, some real research done to figure out what's wrong with these women, man. Like, why are you, why are you attracted to the the gangster, the thug? Why are you attracted to the criminal? Why are you attracted to the guy in you? Like you were saying before. Yeah. Why are you attracted to Aaron Hernandez? Um, right. Women, you know. women talk all that shit about what kind of man they want, but they want contrary to what they say. And they talk about men being misogynistic and um, men talking, calling women bitches and stuff. We're not going to take this. But the weekend's number one fan base is women. Okay. He starts off a song saying, I don't need a bitch. I'm what a bitch need. And you love him. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Okay. 
That's so funny. It, it's hilarious. It's it's hypocrisy at its finest. Mm-hmm. You know, Chris Brown, Sacriano, right in the fucking head. <laughs> oh my God, Chris Brown, impregnate me. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to hold that man to that forever, but I think that the best way is is change behavior. I don't know how much that man changed, and I don't want to crucify him, but at the same time, I don't really fuck with him like that. I, it's, it's hard for me to like, you punching women in the head, I can't respect that. Yeah. I can't respect it. Uh, but uh, in regards to Aaron Hernandez, man, he had a, a a very tough life. But I will be the first to say I have absolutely, positively zero empathy for Aaron hanging himself. I don't give a fuck. He he killed innocent people. Odin Lloyd didn't deserve to die. My empathy is with Odin Lloyd's family. It is not with Aaron Hernandez. Although he had a traumatic experience. I have removed my empathy from that situation based on the fact that it was preventable. You know, when you have in the brain, he had so many different issues. But I God think, damn. Yeah. I'm I'm kind of with you, but um, like the stuff that we talked about as far as like society, football, yeah. um, all these people not holding him accountable. I think that um, had a lot to do with it. A hundred percent. You know, we got to blame Urban Meyer. We have to blame, I want to say, um, uh, Bill Belichick in a sense but maybe he you know I don't know you know they run a tight ship over there so I ain't no telling what he was doing when he was on well obviously he was killing people when he was on the Patriots but at the same time like there had to be something He's that he was niggas. doing <laughs> killing niggas on the field, on the field. <laughs> this man. is crazy man I was watching that and I was like dang I actually forgot how good this dude was he was really good he was, he was you know you see um you see, um, what's our tight end's name on the Niners? Uh, George Kittle. Blank. My CT is setting in. Um, George, <laughs> George, Kitt, uh, George Kittle is great. Um, Kelsey is great. All these tight ends. Aaron Hernandez was just as good mm-hmm. or it would have been just as good Before, as all these guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just crazy. And they said, it's, they said something crazy. Like he, ki- he had, um, killed someone and then went on to play the full season. Mm hmm. And then signed a contract for forty million dollars. Yeah, I, I think crazy, I, I think man. in some capacity you hold Bill Belichick accountable, and this is why. I think at some point Bill Belichick he gets guys that you know they're class act guys, this, that, and the third. He but, he mixes but, it up though. Yeah, he does mix it up, and mm-hmm. I, I think people do deserve it. It's a little bit of sprinkle in a, yeah. both. Some people deserve second chances, but you've seen that this guy had behavioral problems. He tested the lowest. On the chart for it was forgot, social personality, social or personality. Like that, yeah. He was the lowest, or Im- social image, something like that. Social immaturity, I think it was. Yeah, and and you still took him, right? Yeah, and, and, a, and a, for a person that prides themselves on do your job and this and that, at some point you looked at him and said, "Yeah, this guy's got low uh, social intelligence or whatever but, the case, but this motherfucker can ball." That's I think that obviously you know the 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 Patriots are uh, a. a um, like I said, they run a tight ship over there, and they they pick high character guys, <clears throat> guys like Tom Brady. He's you know he's pretty, um, you know, has an unblemished record and right. as far as public goes. But they do mix in, you know, Antonio Browns. They mix mm-hmm. in the um, damn drawing blanks on names right now. But what's the other guy that used to play for um, the the Browns, the receiver? What's the guy's name that they just let go? Oh. Josh Gordon, yeah, Josh Gordon. Mm-hmm. Um, they pick up these guys. They pick up a they they'll pick up a Randy Moss. 
you know, when the, when mm-hmm. when things are not looking so good for these people in the yeah. limelight. I, I they they sprinkle them in. They don't have a team full of those. They don't. Exactly. Have, they're they're not the Raiders where you got <laughs> mm-hmm. problem, 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 problem. Um, but they'll have one or two of those guys, and I, I guess that they're under the assumption that all the you know the fifty other um, high integrity guys will balance out the maybe one or two guys that you know. Yeah. Don't don't have those issues, but they they know exactly what they're doing. They like we yeah. said before, you're, you're giving a lot of these guys passes when they're extremely talented like that. Exactly, and not to mention, you know, when you, let's go back to Aaron's college days when they completely overworked these guys. These guys are kids. Imagine this kid. Aaron is probably 18 by this time, but Aaron Hernandez hurts his ankle really bad, and they shoot him with Toradol. And Toradol is like a shot that will alleviate the pain, like Simon like. Like immediately, right? Mind you, if you're if you claim to care about these young men, you care about their education, you care about taking them to the next level. Why are you shooting them with drugs, mm-hmm. right? Toradol. Toradol side effects are headache, heartburn, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, stomach pain, and bloating. These are the common side effects of Toradol, and this is what they're giving the kids. They don't do it anymore. Yeah. But Aaron Hernandez mentioned in the He's uh, talking to Mike Pouncey. He's talking to Mike Pouncey. He said, he said, players get it. If you a player player, like basically if you're the best player on the team, you can still get Toradol. Mm-hmm. And there was players that had issues, uh, complications from Toradol. Uh, uh, Marcellus Wiley being one of them, mm-hmm. uh, who's one of like a commentator on Fox. And uh, he said, yeah, man, it messed me up bad. I had to go to the hospital. I'm just like, oh, my God. Yeah. And this is what they're giving to athletes. Kids. Kids, it's mm-hmm. fucking ridiculous. If you eighteen years old, you still a kid. You ain't a grown man yet. Mm-hmm. You getting shots. You getting shots in you from the school because they know that if you are at your best, then you gonna beat them. You give them the best chance of winning. Yeah, it's funny how they talk about you shouldn't pay college athletes, but this shit is. It's, I've I've never seen a business that makes this much money that that literally keeps the players in the dark. Mm-hmm. That's just crazy to me. Yeah. You got an 18 year old, 17, 18 year old Hernandez giving him Toradol shots, and that's okay. Yeah. Come on, man. That's. What's, uh, what's the linebacker that retired from? Chris Borland from the Niners. Yeah, Borland. I was, yeah. And as a, as a fan of football and a fan of sports, um, you see guys retire, which you would seem to be early. A guy like Andre Ward, right. a, you know, amazing boxer. Uh, Borland, um, Luke uh, Keekley, Keekley mm-hmm. he just retired. He's only yep. twenty eight years old. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I can't think of anybody else right now. But you, you know, as a fan, you're like, man, it's sad. He's had he has so many years left of his career. He's uh-uh. he's in his prime, and then you, especially like I said, there's there's like three worlds of football, or maybe four. If you're a cornerback. You know, for the most part, you you may you may get like five or six tackles a game. You may not. There's some games you're gonna go if it's you know if it's a lot of a uh, a lot of passing or if it's a a lot of running, and then the people in the box are really handling all the runs. Then you may not be you, your jersey may not even get dirty. Right. Um, so that's one world where it's it's kind of it's it's cool out there. It's not it's not as hectic. Um, and you have the safeties. The safeties are doing 
doing pretty much both things. They're they're in the box handling the run sometimes. They're blitzing sometimes. They're you know defending the passes sometimes. So that's a little more aggressive, but um, still not as much as you know the linebackers and the defensive tackles. Yeah. These linebackers and defensive tackles are in yeah. the trenches every single Running play. Backs, yeah. um, so Keekley is a linebacker, and you know the damage your body has to go through on a daily basis, and then you're also practicing. You know, a couple times I think. Certain teams practice uh, full pads less than others, but, you know, at least once a week you're doing full contact drills uh, for like a three-hour practice. So, and then every Sunday you're playing a football game. So it's hectic, man, and I I understand why these guys want to retire. Like, I love football, but watching these documentaries is like, yo, man, I don't even know if I want my kids to play football. Bro, you kept saying the box right now. I just keep thinking to myself, pull up the whole damn seal. (laughs) 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 Yeah, man. Um, What I take from the Aaron Hernandez documentary is that we need to pay closer attention to people who uh, have traumatic backgrounds. And stop applauding them for what they're great at. Uh, and I mean, you can't applaud them for what they're great at, but you need to take a deeper interest than just the surface level stuff. Yeah. You know, if you if more people took, if somebody put their arm around Aaron and say, Aaron, I know you got a tough home life, but if you ever need somebody to talk to, I'm here. You know what I'm saying? If 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 people had taken more of that approach, who yeah. knows where he would be? Because he was killing people. Who knows who he? They only got these murders. For anybody to casually shoot people like that, he didn't have to kill a lot of people. Yeah. A lot. And when he was in court, he didn't have no emotion. Like it was weird. And then when the dude that he the shot only, me, I think the only mm-hmm. well, I don't I didn't like a, I um I only watched like a, a episode and a half mm-hmm. and I fell asleep on it last night. So I was telling Eddie that before. But yeah. As far as like what what I've seen, the only emotion that he showed was a slight smile when his girl was on the stand talking about like when they met you know mm-hmm. good times they had when they yeah. had you know children or whatever or when they got together or whatever yeah. but other than that he just sitting up there stoic yeah but there was a part in the film where he was acquitted for the double murder uh, at the end and he was crying he was looking over at his family he was just crying he blew a kiss to his daughter the, the double murders um where he, the one that spilled drinks on him yes the two, the two guys mm-hmm. okay and he was crying, and he looked over at his daughter. He blew her a kiss, and then a little bit afterwards, he committed what suicide, bad. killed himself. What? Um, they just didn't have enough evidence, or what was the deal? Yeah, they didn't have enough su- sufficient evidence. Yeah, and the lawyer—they knew he do it, did it, yeah, they but they just did didn't it. have evidence. And this is another thing people don't talk about: to be a lawyer in some capacity, you need to be a piece of garbage. You got to be worse than the motherfucker that pulled the trigger, because <laughs> the same motherfucker that got. Aaron Hernandez acquitted of that double murder got Casey Anthony off her case. Think about how much of a piece of garbage you got to be as a human being to de- not only defend someone like that, but to get them acquitted. Yeah, you have to. I, w- I don't I don't look at it like that. I do. I think you have to have um, it. To me, it's a job, but you you do have to have a a, a low moral compass. A hundred percent. I wouldn't call them garbage, though. I think they're just doing a job. I can't say you're doing. You're just doing your job because here's just the reason why. I think that if you're doing your job and you're great at it, right? As a coach, you could look at the field and say, "Okay, the person that we have out here, this ain't going to work for this look. We got to switch up this guy, put him here, and then we have a better chance of winning." I think a lawyer will look at a case the same way. They'll say, "Hey, you know what? Okay, well he did it, 
but we need to make sure we twist it this way. We got to get a confession out of this person mm-hmm. and then do this. So the base of the, the I guess, the not so much the rebuttal is that like, yo, I know this guy did it. The evidence is showing that he was there. How do I prove? How do I get them to fumble over their words? How do I get them to look bad? How do I get this to do this? And then I could get him acquitted. Yeah. So initially you have this idea. You have the foresight to say, look. I'm going to get him off, but I got to make him fumble, him do this, mm-hmm. him look stupid, him look insignificant, and then he could pass. Yeah. I just don't think I have it in me, which is yeah, why I'm not I a lawyer. I can, I can do it personally. I think, to me, the way that these guys look at it is like a sport. Yeah. I think uh, guys like Johnny Cochran and the guy that got him off and mm-hmm. um, all these other, you know, really successful, you know, uh, lawyers that defended, you know, um, murderers and got them off. They look at it as like a, a puzzle that they're trying to figure out. Right. Like, okay, they got footprints here. They got this here. They got fingerprints here. Like, how can we twist this? And, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times behind the scenes, they're like, yo, I would never invite this person over my house. 100%. But, you know, at the same time, like, I love debates. I love, um, you know, trying to do the impossible. This is, right. you know, that may, you know, they may have never been an athlete, but that may be the equivalent of, you know, the 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 Patriots versus the Falcons and Tom Brady coming back from like three four touchdowns and, and mm. winning you know so we we can say that but how different is a lawyer than a college coach that's shooting up players with court retort all not very different yeah your your objective is to get the best product on the field to give you a certain result mm-hmm. and that's the same difference as these lawyers that's motherfucking doing this shit which is why like yo it's the law but it also shows the law can be manipulated. This mm-hmm. is the problem with the judicial system. You get enough money, you got the right representation, you can win. You yeah. put me in place with Aaron Hernandez, you switch us up, I'm fucked from the yeah. first case. They're going to have me up there for five minutes. Guilty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Guilty. You got the money, you in there. Mm-hmm. I think if you think about it, a lot of times money is like, it's the source. You can say money can be the source of evil, man. Because at the top of, like, at, at the end of it, there's money. I mean, you putting players, shooting them up a tour at all, putting them on the field and all of that. The the primary source is money. The coach is going to get paid. The the institution going to get paid. It's going to have butts in the seat. But when you're a lawyer and mm-hmm. you're getting paid a lot of money to do your job and you know you're going to get a bonus if you win the case, you're going to do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. And it's fucked up. Yeah. Don't mean it's right, but it's fucked up. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much I can say about Aaron uh, uh, besides this. Uh, but ladies... If you're looking for a dude that's um, with tattoos and handsome and on death row, they got plenty of them in prison, and uh, they'll kill you. <laughs> uh, uh, switching gears. Yeah. Um, recently, um, after the LSU uh, championship game against Clemson, uh, Odell Beckham uh, was in the locker room, and there was a security personnel, um, and he was talking to one of the players. I don't know if the player had a drink or whatever it was in there. And he said, hey, you can't have that here or whatever. And then Odell smacked the guy on his ass, right? And he was like, hey, chill, whatever, whatever the case. So you're smacking a police slash security officer that is is his job to uh, keep, uh, basically keep the place in order. And to me, it came off as extremely overly cocky, almost invisible. And you feel invi- like in- invincible in a way. Um, but at the same time, it's a multi-layered topic that we'll get into here. Let's see what Keith has to say about it. When I watched it, I was like, what? I, I honestly <laughs> didn't know what was going on. 
I was like, honestly, you just feeding into the stereotype that people think you're already gay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he slapped his butt so aggressively. Yeah. And then he kind of backed up like he wanted to square up with the uh, with the security yeah. guard. Or police officer. Yeah. I was like, come I was on, like, what man. the heck is going on? Yeah. But yeah, it it was it was a strange all around. I mean, you it to me it, it was a, a lack of emotional intelligence. 100%. You know, you're, you're on a extreme high because you're you're your alma mater won a national championship and you're in you're in the locker room celebrating with your team and then you just do something stupid yeah um so you know i don't know what's going to come of come of this um you know he may have to turn himself in or something like that he'll get a warrant for his arrest yeah so he's probably going to pay a fine or something like that and that'll probably be the end of it because he has money like we talked about before and yeah you know but yeah i think um I heard this before. I can't remember where I heard it, but it's the truth. And it's uh, manners will take you where money won't. Mm-hmm. And with him, man, I think that the problem with a lot of times with athletes is they can become so good at something and everyone notices them for that, that they feel invincible. And I've mm-hmm. seen it. I've even seen I've even had teammates act like this in high school. Yeah. Imagine when you get to the pros, it's got to be on steroids. Mm-hmm. Like you, you, you're you're so narcissistic at this point. Nobody can tell you anything. Oh, oh, you want to get in a fight? Okay, well, I'll just get a good lawyer and I'll get off. Yeah. Oh, I smacked the, I smacked the security officer on the ass. I didn't respect his job. Who cares? Who cares? Mm-hmm. He's a nobody. You know, and with Odell Beckham, man, they had a warrant for his arrest, as they should. Actually, he got donkey of the day from Charlemagne, which was <laughs> – I was waiting on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you can't walk around doing that. Yeah. And, and, and this is not – uh, this is somewhat of a has a little bit of a, a Aaron Hernandez element to it because mm-hmm. as much of a psycho he was, he was praised for how he played the game. And with Odell Beckham, you starting to see like, and he was also handing out money mm-hmm. after the game. And initially, me and Keith had a conversation. Keith is like, I don't see a problem with it. It was more or less probably like a statement to the the NCAA. And I was like, possibly, but I don't know if Odell is the one to make that statement. And if he did, he made it poorly. And then a couple of days later, you hear about him smacking someone on the ass. <laughs> so this wasn't even a statement. This was all narcissism. This is all bringing attention to himself. It's like, bro, you didn't hardly win no games with the Browns. Go catch a football or some shit. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying you can't enjoy your alma mater's game. But goddamn, you're making a spec. This is about the kids, man. Well, this is about the young men playing the game. This ain't about you. Yeah, I don't think that it was all ego involved in, you know, handing the kids money. I still think it was a statement as far as like, you know, these kids should be getting paid. And, you know, if you did it privately, it doesn't it doesn't have the same impact Mm -hmm. as far as like, you know, what the statement he was trying to make. Maybe the statement was, you know, these kids should be getting paid. So I'm going to do it right after the game. And he did it technically in a legal manner because they that was their last game. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think he actually just. I know he gave him money, but I think he bought their jerseys or, you know, there was some sort of exchange. Paid him for go, the likeness. To go with it. And, um, yeah, to me, that was, that was, that was okay. But it, to me, he just, he did something that I deemed was extremely cool and extremely, um, progressive. And then he just, moments later, he did something stupid. But that's the, t- that's the type of behavior he's been showing us since he pretty much has entered the NFL. Whether he's fighting the freaking kicking net and getting beat up by the kicking net, and uh, when he was on the Giants, or you know, just having these emotional outbursts on the sideline and stuff like that, this is this is pretty much right up his alley. So yeah. it wasn't surprising at all. But it's just yeah. uh, 
we'll see what com- comes of it. I guess. I just think he's the wrong person to make that statement because he just he's he's not le- he's not legit enough, man. Like in my opinion, when you give someone money, that's a great that's a good gesture. That's fine, but when you follow it up by doing something that dumb, it's just it just makes the whole purpose look stupid. Mm-hmm. Like you gave the money, you I guess you made a statement doing that, and then you slap somebody on the ass. It takes away from the initial thing that you did. Like, let's say, for example, you were uh, Reggie Bush or whoever the case, and you donated this much money to the 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 player of the game, and you gave him a check, and you start. You could still make the same statement. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You can make the same statement by writing a check for ten thousand dollars to to Burroughs or whoever else, and giving them that check, and then it, and it goes viral on on Twitter or Instagram or whatever. When you giving people cash. And then you smacking police on the ass. It's like, come on, man. <laughs> to me, I just, I just don't see the connection between the two. Mm-hmm. But I, um, I, you know, I think he did a good thing and then a bad thing, which is like humans. Yeah. But um, yeah, I just, I think, uh, I don't know. What to, I think he, I think he does need to suffer some real consequences, though. I'm yeah. tired of these celebrities just getting off with getting, you know, getting off with doing any and everything. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, Odell Beckham's used to getting off, <laughs> getting off on people's asses. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll he, see, it's, man. it's always something, man. I um, I remember uh, Drake has a line. He says like something along the lines of, "I'm the only one still known for the music." Wow. And um, I think this happens a lot with certain athletes and celebrities and stuff like that. Is that sure. they become they start to become like a caricature of themselves. 100%. They start to become known for outside things other than what they got famous for right exactly so, Odell Beckham it's like at one point he was dancing all the time at one point he was right you know he's laying in the bed with females it was cocaine and pizza and stuff in the bedroom <laughs> it's like it's like when 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 are you gonna and these people are young and you know you have to give people a pass for being young but at the same time like me and Odell Beckham are the same age and I've never been in a room with cocaine and pizza and white girls not in that order. So, yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, I think that, I think at the end of the day, man, you're right. People do, I guess, consider good and bad things as human nature. But I think whenever you represent something of greater importance, you need to walk that fucking line, right? Um, and, you know, and you from the beginning of time, you know, people aren't always good and bad. You can even use Martin Luther King that stood for something great, but then he was getting pussy on the side also. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> white pussy at that. Yeah, he was getting some of that white, some of that um that good white pussy. Good that segregated pussy. Segregated <laughs> People don't know this. Martin Luther King had a white girlfriend. Yeah, he was getting that Jim Crow pussy. Yeah, ain't nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying nothing wrong with that at all. But it's just a trip. It's so contrary to what people really knew about Martin Luther King back in the day. Yeah. Um Yeah, but, it's very shocking to hear if you yeah. know, if you never heard that before. He is like Lindsay, I love you. <laughs> I want the world to know. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be people mad at that. Rebecca, I can't be with you. <laughs> I got a Coretta at home to take care of me. Mm. She kicked some good chicken. Mm. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> like, Rebecca, can you please put some seasoning on your chicken? <laughs> it's bland. Rebecca, 
I'm tired of eating these casseroles. Uh, I need me a black woman so we can go out in the sun together. You always need sunscreen everywhere we go. Uh, Tired of going to Starbucks every day. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. That's funny. That's terrible. <laughs> so, why are we always roasting Martin Luther King? Man, Martin Luther King is good for so much. We Look, hey, man. Hey, his birthday is on, uh, well, they celebrate his birthday on Monday, too. So, yeah. You know, shout, shout out, out to, to Martin Luther King. Martin Black Luther excellence. King. Exactly. I think that we, I think that we've developed a, a thing here where we could absolutely admire and love someone, but still, they still going to get these jokes. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Shout out That's to Martin Luther King, man. Yeah, I already, I ain't developed no real material for Malcolm X yet, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> Malcolm right. X had white women too. He did before mm-hmm. he before before he came righteous. He was mm-hmm. uh, messing with white women. Yeah, but I can't do my Malcolm X's uh, voice very well. So yeah, we gotta work on that. It's not very funny. Mm-hmm. He don't have his speeches aren't as uh, popular as Martin Luther King's. No. No, not at all. Yeah, Martin Luther King, his last one, his very, very, very last, it wasn't really a speech, it was an interview. Mm-hmm. That was powerful, bro. Mm-hmm. That's powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, switching gears. Um, yeah, we should do, fun. we should kind of do, finagle something in there about Martin Luther King. Maybe like, I don't think we got to switch the intro, but I don't know. We could, we could figure out something what? from now until Monday. What, this one? Yeah. What are we going to do? I don't know. I'm just saying, like, you know, maybe insert a clip of a speech or I don't know, something. Yeah, we could put it in uh, right around here somewhere where we're yeah, having yeah. a conversation about him. Yeah. We you know, we're not going to, it's not going to be comedy, though. It's going to be an actual something, yeah. something cool. <laughs> All right. Shout out to my little king, man. Yeah. All right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. We might have to end up wrapping it up soon. I got to get up out of here. Uh, <clears throat> uh, yeah, that was going to take a minute. You want to, this is all live. <laughs> so, it's like Eddie thinking out loud. You want to talk? Because this is going to take a while. You want to insert that next week? Yeah, we could do that next week. Okay. Yeah. We'll finish it up with uh, this. Uh, switching gears. Jeff Bezos. Um, Jeff Bezos uh, just donated $690,000 to the Australian Fire Relief, right? Um, and people were giving him shit for it. Like, Jeff Bezos only gave $690,000. Amazon is a multi-billion dollar company he's selfish he's this he's that he's blah 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 blah. right first of all jeff bezos is a businessman if jeff bezos could get you to pay that money to donate he would do that <laughs> you talk about a you talk about a motherfucker that don't they even, probably have an amazon uh relief or australian yeah. relief fund on the amazon page right right exactly <laughs> right he's the most this motherfucker. nigga named his company after the amazon and didn't donate no money to the amazon <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh man damn yeah, this cold nigga, piece this nigga's so cold amazon so cold is that they donated uh, water to the fire relief and Amazon boxes. Oh man! Oh, hmm. this nigga cold blooded. Yeah. Oh, it's cold. And then they try to get they try to get the free shipping, but he's like, "You're not a, a member. Ah, uh, you gotta chill. You're not a member. You're of not Amazon a Prime, Prime member." <laughs> it took seven days for them to get the water because they not Prime members. 
Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dang. This nigga's a businessman through and through. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, but basically people were up up his ass because of that. <clears throat> they were like, oh, he didn't donate any money. He didn't do this. He only, he got that. He already had that from his, you know, Amazon fund. That was, wasn't even from him. That was from Amazon or whatever, right? Yeah. And my, I think my, and they talked about it on the, on the little clip that we had there. I don't think we need to really answer the clip there. I don't think. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, yeah. it's pretty basic. He it's donated basic. money. Yeah. Um, $690,000 is a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, in my personal opinion. Yeah, I don't got that. Yeah, I don't. And, and basically, the question is, how much money did you donate to yeah. the Amazon Fire Relief? Exactly. Was there any money you donated? Or did you just donate your opinion? They said, Something along the lines of if you made fifty thousand, fifty thousand, it's like donating twenty twenty bucks or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, did you donate twenty bucks? No. Chances are you didn't, yeah. but you donated twenty dollars to Starbucks. Mm-hmm. You donated twenty dollars to Arby's. Mm-hmm. You donated twenty dollars to uh, Plan B. You Browsers. know, Browsers. Huh? Browsers. The <laughs> porn. I wonder how much people pay for porn. Oh, you're making a lot of money. Damn. Yeah. Um, and the 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 idea that was mentioned in the conversation that I'd seen from the uh, from the clip from Fox News was the idea of virtue signaling, which to me it's 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 the truth. This is the definition of virtue signaling: the action or practice of publicly expressing opinions or sentiments intended to demonstrate one's good. Uh, one's good character or the moral correctiveness of one's position on a particular issue. So this is the definition of virtue signaling. The, what they're doing is, is they're saying he's doing this, so-and-so, such-and-such, such-and-such, but he should have did this. How are you going to tell somebody else what they should be doing with their money? Mm-hmm. That doesn't make any sense, first of all. Secondly, Virtue signaling is an issue with people in general. How many times have you been on social media and you've seen someone and they were like, um, you know, uh, I'm a I'm a real father and, you know, I do this and I do that. And a real man does this is what they're doing is, is they're elevating themselves like they're putting themselves on this pedestal and creating this this idea of who they are out to the world. Mm -hmm. So. We do it all the time. I think the people that are pointing out Jeff Bezos are just as much of a problem as he is because he's at least contributing something. You're not contributing anything but your opinion. Yeah. That's real. And, uh, yeah, the biggest thing for me is that a lot of the people that have these um, – you could, you could, I feel like you can speak as much as you want to if you're a person that's out there and you do make $50,000 a year and you donate like 1000 or 500 or something, you could say all you want to about um, the amount of money that Jeff Bezos is, is spending or right. the lack thereof. But if you're a person, you know, I know person like my dad, for instance, is one of those people that, you know, he has a lot to say about wealthy people as far as like, you know, if he heard that statement, he might be like, oh, you know, they should, they should, um, <clears throat> Jeff Bezos should have spent way more money or he should have donated like $50 million or something like that. But at the same time, he wouldn't donate anything he would just be sitting on the couch talking so that's why i don't have a lot of respect for you know these people opinions and i i also believe that you should not tell any person how to spend their money if it's not in your heart to donate money to the you know the the fire relief in australia then don't do it you know you shouldn't be forced to do anything because someone thinks that you're wealthy or whatever because there's been multiple times when 
if it wasn't in my heart, you know, I, I just wouldn't donate. If if somebody asked me for some change or something like that, and if if it wasn't, if I didn't have the desire to do it at the time, then I just wouldn't do it. So, yeah. You know. If it's on your heart to do it, then do it. Yeah. If it's, if not, then. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I just I just think we get too caught up in trying to dictate what others are doing, but we don't even have anything to offer, and we don't even have our own lives right. Mm-hmm. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. Like, don't talk about Jeff Bezos if you offer nothing. I think, like, I, when Keith told me about this, I was like, wow, that's crazy. But me and him have talked about, like, how long, over a year ago, we talked about how this was stupid. Mm-hmm. When people talk about Jay-Z, oh, that's all Jay-Z donated? Yeah. He worth this much. Mm-hmm. Why is he only giving this? Mm-hmm. Or why is Jay-Z trying to... It's, it's like people love to take things out of context, like when Jay-Z stated, like, we're past kneeling. It also, it also shows a lack of people's understanding of, of money and wealthy people and business, right? Because yeah. a lot of times when you do have the ability to donate money, it's not, you know, a lot of that cash is not liquid. No. You know, it's, it's set in, you know, different companies and, you know, different uh, different businesses and stuff that you have. So um, sometimes that's all they can donate at the time. Yeah, because it's, as a businessman, <clears throat> you're going to give, but not to a detriment. Mm-hmm. Right, and I don't see a problem with that because you're still giving something. Yeah. Not to mention, it's not like it's the only place you're giving your money. Like you're allocating money all over the place. Yeah, and also like the the one of the gripes was he gave it from the Amazon company instead of his his private account or whatever. Why does that matter? Yeah, I mean he owns Amazon, and also, you know, if you're gonna do something, why not do it in a smart way? Like we 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 know Kevin Edwards. Personally, and you know, if you watch some of his recent videos, he talked about how you know buying Lamborghinis and uh, McLarens and stuff um, are tax write-offs for his business. So that's just the way that businessmen move. You know, if they do have something on their heart to donate, like why not be able to get a tax write-off out of it if if you're going to do it anyways? So that's just smart business to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think a lot of times people only understand things from their level of comprehension. Yeah. Right. And when they can't comprehend a situation, they say, the sky is blue. The sky is green. You'd be like, it's actually blue. Mm, it's green. You'd mm-hmm. be like, have you stepped outside? I don't need to step outside. You'd mm-hmm. be like, well, you're not going to ever fucking. <laughs> <see it."> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're not ever going to fucking see it, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, but yeah, man. Sounds like a liberal argument. Yeah. The, the sky can be whatever color you want it to be. Yeah. The, the sky, the, the, it's, it's, trans, it's a trans sky. It's a trans sky. <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah that's funny yeah I, I just think we we need to open our eyes man um we got a we got a whole lot of shit that we need to fix within ourselves if you talk about someone donating money first of all who are you to dictate what i do with my money we keep brought that case that point up a long time ago mm-hmm. and i don't want to keep regurgitating the same point but you guys get what i'm trying to say mm-hmm. if you know if let's say you know a couple years from now i'm worth you know 5.8 million dollars right mm-hmm. that's my net worth that don't mean that's what i got in the bank that's my net worth mm-hmm. so if i'm worth 5.8 million dollars let's say i got like 2.1 million dollars in the bank mm-hmm. and i donate fifty thousand dollars right no no matter of fact no let's say i donate Fifteen thousand dollars to mm-hmm. some case of fun. They'd be like, 
This nigga Eddie worth five point eight million dollars, and all he could donate was fifteen hundred or or five thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Like, wow, he really don't care. He just trying to make it like he doing something. Yeah, it's like you don't know how money works, do you? Yeah, exactly. That's that was my point, man. <laughs> but, that, but that shows you how um, low of a big business acumen people have. They don't understand business. You know, the the average person doesn't even know how to get a business license. Nope. So. You know, they see these things as these uh, like entities as like unattainable things. So they're just speaking from a personal finance perspective. They're thinking right. they're thinking about it from a nine to five perspective. They're thinking about it from I clock in here and then I leave here. They don't most people don't even understand salaries. You know, no. they just you know, they just understand getting paid by the hour. So, yeah, man, it's a lot that we need to learn. And <clears throat> people need to stop. Um, jumping out the window with these comments and, and and really start understanding the nuances of this this world that we live in. Yeah, well, all I know is uh looks like we're coming to the end of this podcast. I'd like to thank everyone who took the time to tune in. Uh, and yeah, man, we're going to keep this shit rocking. Got a lot more in store. Mm-hmm. About to enjoy this weekend. I got to take off the work here in a minute. Uh, but thank you for listening to Trucker's Mind Podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy, K. Finks. We're out of here. Peace. This is 132.